0: Welcome to The Family with
1: Doug Sprinthal,
2: Andy Brampernard, Mike Gelfand.
0: You got Sprinthal and Gelfand in the studio together. What more could you ask for? It's like better than the Beatles getting back together.
2: The
3: ratings are going through the table.
2: Through the table,
3: yep.
0: baby. It's
2: They're like the going. Eagles were all just staring straight ahead. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Nobody
3: look at Joe Walsh. <laughs>
0: That's
2: exactly right. Oh,
0: God. that. Remember, they used to have to have five different doors to get into the practice. They wouldn't I, come through the I, same they door. They still do that. They
3: drive. They go to the shows in separate really? limousines. Oh, Jesus,
0: isn't that amazing?
2: Oh.
0: I can't even sit next to you. <laughs> like, what? You disgust me. You disgust
2: me. All right, let's do New Kid in Town.
0: There you go. Rick <laughs> Reno-Stevens will join us in a couple of minutes. At Johnny Rodriguez' project, Building Bridges, includes two songs written by actor and singer-songwriter <clears throat> Dennis Quaid. I didn't even know about this. We're going to learn something from Johnny today. We'll take a break. Be right back with Rick... Reno Stevens talking about Dennis Quaid and Tanya Tucker and all kinds of people. What do you think?
3: I think it's going to be unbelievable.
0: You were leaning in, I think. Were you going to say something?
1: Yeah. He was going to say Walls are Automotive Group, Walls are. <laughs> oh,
0: you want to get going? Okay, sir. <laughs> no, it's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, apparently the new stage director here <laughs> on the podcast, Doug Sprintall, Walser Automotive Group,
2: com.
3: Did I make the mistake of saying that I missed you and was hoping you'd return from Florida? Yeah, when well, you going to come Can back in studio, back? Tom? <laughs> <laughs> well, Never well. mind. Never mind. We talked about this on the morning show today. We are in need of late model used cars. We'll actually make offers on anything. So there's two ways you can do it. You can go to uh, WalzerBuyersCars.com, or you can just email me directly at Doug at com and I'll connect you with the appropriate people. Uh, if you are happen to be in a lease, even if it isn't due within a, you know, if, if it's up in the next year, there's a very good chance that you've got a fair amount of equity in that vehicle. Uh, contact us, and we can figure out exactly how much equity you have and then and help you, give you information as to the best way to proceed, whether you just want to sell it and cash in the equity or roll it into another vehicle purchase. We're here to help because that's the kind of fine people we are.
0: Okay. Well, the kind of fine person you are. There's no question. Well, there's I mean, no getting around that. It
3: almost goes without mention.
0: LyingTom.com. No, wait a minute. It's Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Just let me know when Rick's going to go, if you would, Andrew. All right. So what's the latest? Anything good in the news going on right now? I, I, I literally have been uh, kind of bouncing around back and forth about, uh, you know, you look at the right, you look at the left, you look at Democrats, you look at the Republicans. And then I keep moving closer and closer to the middle here. Boy, it's kind of hard to put up with these people, don't you think?
2: So you're the guy in the middle.
0: Yeah, the one guy apparently left in the middle of that I don't have, uh, I cannot endorse anyone or anything. It's just too much for me. You know what I do love, though? No matter what, like, you almost made the green light, For but it
4: Rick Stevens.
0: Turned the, at the last Rick Stevens second, now. and it, you can hear him either go, Trump, or Biden. <laughs> <laughs> They'll say the name with great disdain. You ready to go,
1: Andy? Uh, no, that was his answering machine, so I oh, okay. don't know what's
0: going on there. Ah, whatever, he's a musician. What do you think was going to happen? Where is he, in Los Angeles?
1: <laughs> uh... I don't know why It's probably just waking up. It's like when I called
3: Mike yesterday. I said, <laughs> Oh, yeah, California. Oh, I'll pick you up about 10 to 11. I'll swing by your house. And Mike responds, Okay, I'll set the alarm. Yeah,
1: there you go. <laughs> which, which is true.
2: That's how I woke up.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, I'm telling you, we got who? Well, my buddy Timmy Ivory, who was a general manager over at Midland Hills and Spring Hill for years, he goes, God, Tom, it's really weird. I don't ever hear your show anymore because I don't get up till 11. It's like, oh,
1: for correct no. get, get away from me.
2: Yeah, well, that's, you know, oh, you might you get know. to like it. If you moved
1: to Greenland, then you wouldn't have to get up to 11 either. <laughs> Why Greenland? Because that's the right time zone. That's true. I mean, you could move to, like, England, but then you'd be doing the show at what? Well, I guess it still well, would be. be good. It would be like oh No, I suppose one that's o'clock plus in the six. afternoon. Yeah, that would be like 11 or 12. So Yeah, okay. that would be good. That would actually be perfect. That would work for me. Let's okay. go to England. Let's go. You know, right England. now.
2: The only thing that I really despise, two things I despise, uh, the switch to daylight savings and back. Yeah, I know. And, I, I, I hate it. And uh, the, the Equinox. Mean. Oh, that'll screw up your brain.
1: Yeah.
3: There's
2: no. Did uh,
1: Whatever happened with the bill to get rid of daylight? Did that pass? I
3: think it passed. Didn't I it? hope
1: so. Because, God, I'm sick. We're all sick of it. Everyone hates it. So you it's do you
3: realize in December the sun's going to come up about nine thirty in the morning?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I'm probably. not up anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so am I.
2: Yeah. so that's perfect. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Andy and I. Uh, up, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. We why know would you, about Why would that. you be up at nine thirty anyway?
3: We'll call <laughs> yeah. it the
1: Mike, yeah, and, it Mike,
3: Mike and Andy Bill.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I got to get it. Senate a... <laughs> passed it in March. Yeah. Uh, so wait, it's House then Senate or Senate then House? I always forget. It could go either way. Yeah. Oh, is that it's just whatever? Yeah. Whoever votes first. I mean,
3: typically, the House writes the crazy bills, and then it goes to the Senate, and that they fix it. But sometimes that.
1: The goes House the other is the way. weird one. It's always been. Indeed, that is true. I, oh, I just our guest is calling. Okay, good. I'll read this quickly because I just
0: love this. My old neighborhood, they just can't leave North Minneapolis alone. The headline in the Star Tribune, Do we eat more fast food because we want it or because it's there? You study asks North Minneapolis. <laughs> Slow news.
3: It's very today. specific.
0: Well, it's right off of I-94 and West Broadway. Hmm. The next few blocks, it's all Wendy's
1: and Taco Bell and Burger King. Well, it's a truck stop, basically. Yeah, it's a
3: truck stop. Yeah, yeah. It That's end. how you're those
1: right. things go. It's Yeah, Yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's always in North Minneapolis.
0: It's like, leave my old stomping grounds I was going alone.
3: to a gig there 20 years ago, and there was a guy at the, the freeway <clears throat> off-ramp to Broadway, and he had a big sign, a homeless guy. It said... Why lie? I need a beer. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and Absolutely. I rolled down the window and gave him two bucks. I said, "I bet." Pretty good marketing. He goes, "It's pretty effective." Oh, I would right. <laughs> And he was just blocks
2: it. away from Irv's. That's right.
3: Oh, Irves is not and there. And stand anymore. up, Frank's
1: breaks my
0: heart. We got yeah. Rick
1: on the phone.
0: Rick Reno Stevens. How you doing, Rick?
4: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: marvelously well building bridges includes two songs written by actor and singer songwriter dennis quaid and a duet with two-time grammy winner and friend tanya tucker also features johnny's daughter aubrey ray rodriguez i want to hear all about it rick reno stevens our very special guest that johnny rodriguez project what's the latest rick
4: well thanks for having me this morning uh we um have been working on this project for uh, quite a long time seems like forever um But with COVID, uh, like everyone else, we kind of got detoured uh, with with the project. But uh, we're real excited about it. Uh, Johnny Rodriguez um, is the featured artist. We um, are doing this project with Johnny. And then I got a call from, well, actually, Johnny said, hey, I want to do a duet. I'd love to do it with Tanya Tucker. So I made a call. And we got Tanya to come in and do this incredible duet and she said, Hey, I'm, I'm running with Quade. And I said, Quade. And I, I didn't associate Dennis (laughs) Quade. I thought, Quade, I'm thinking Quade, do I don't, I don't recognize that name as a songwriter, you know? Right. And, and I said, and I said, Quade. And she said, yeah, Dennis Quade. I said, the actor Dennis Quade. And yeah, so that's how it all happened. (laughs) And then she, um, you know, Dennis submitted a couple of songs to me and they were just, Fantastic. I mean, Dennis is an incredible songwriter and singer and artist as well. Right. And uh, so he pitched the songs. I, I loved them. Johnny loved them more importantly than me, but Johnny loved the songs. And um, we ended up doing um, two of Dennis's songs. And one was a duet with Johnny and Tanya, and the other was a trio with Johnny, uh, Dennis, and Tanya singing oh, harmony.
0: Okay, there you go. Now, were you happy to find out that it wasn't Randy Quaid she was talking about?
4: <laughs> well, you know, I, I won't get into all that. But <laughs> yeah, I understand.
0: Uh, I do understand. No question. So, yeah. so where are you from originally, Rick?
4: Uh, I'm from Bakersfield, California. Oh, you are? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I live in Bakersfield. Uh, spent a lot of time in Nashville with my own projects and, and, and uh, recorded there as a young young man and you know when my teens i was there and had a few record deals myself and um so i but i live in bakersfield which is a great place to live for country music
0: i used to love nashville until i went there last year and got covid and then came home other than that rick it was wonderful <laughs>
4: yeah It's changed a lot through the years, for sure, but I still love the area. I love Tennessee.
0: No, you're right. Nashville is wonderful. But you literally, we were there just before, uh, we got there on November 11th last year. Rick, you couldn't move in the street. I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder from sidewalk to street to sidewalk. It was amazing.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a happening town, I mean, for shows and music and just, just tour stuff, man. There's a lot going on there.
0: Yeah, food's great, too. They do The restaurants are really mm-hmm. good, absolutely. So, yeah, for sure. So, Rick, do you still travel as a musician yourself? Do you do a lot of producing? What are you up to these days?
4: Um, I, I do not travel as much as I used to. I, I still do some traveling. Um, as a matter of fact, um, that's how Johnny and I met. I was an opening act for Johnny Rodriguez, and, um, and I have opened for and okay. worked with so many artists i've worked with george jones and conway twitty i've oh, opening act them the best and yep. I, yep yeah i was uh i opened for martina McBride, tracy bird lone star uh, marty stewart just a whole plethora of different people through the years and and i but i've been in the business my entire life i've, I've been playing professionally since i was 12. my dad had a band. My mom was a great songwriter, and I worked in my dad's band. And then I, I did some uh, time in production and promotion of concerts. I worked with Garth Brooks and Reba in Alabama and Alabama. It's just, just th- about everybody. Is there a name
2: named. left to drop here?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know That's, Jimmy Hendrix? <laughs> I'm
2: sorry, I know that that
4: sounds like name dropping, and it is, but I mean, i just have no, a quick background.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
4: We you know been been, been very blessed to uh, you know have worked with so many people through the years and uh, in different capacities um, and now I'm really uh, loving the producing side of what I'm doing and, right and uh, right. still writing I, you know I'm writing and and playing a little bit here and there but <clears throat> just you know the as you guys know. <clears throat> The, the entire industry has changed the business model has changed yeah. And yep. it's it's tough to make it out there as an artist. Oh, I understand that unless absolutely. you really established.
0: Is that because of digital? Did digital had to have just totally changed the recording industry, hasn't it, Rick?
4: Oh, uh, completely. Yeah, yeah from yep. from the uh, sell side, you know, and and all the, you know, the, the money has just changed hands and um it's just hard to um it's tough to make it out there as a young artist, you know, when yeah. some of these youngsters, I feel sorry for them. Cause uh, they, if they're not making the money on the road, it's very tough to make sales. You know, they yeah. they might have thousands and thousands of, you know, of views, you know, but, but streams, but that doesn't monetize. So.
0: Now, Rick, you said that your father and my, your mother was a great songwriter. Your father was in, uh, what band was your father in?
4: My, my dad had his own band. Um, Billy Stevens and the Stevedores. Uh, oh, we, I remember that. <laughs> and we we traveled uh, around and did you know, uh, just just stuff around. I, and my mom <clears throat> and he were both signed to Capitol back in the day, you know, back when the Bakersfield Sound was happening and um, they were signed with Central Songs and my mom was, uh, like I said, a great songwriter and Clippy Stone and those guys signed my mom and my dad and and it was kind of a short-lived career for them, but um, that's where I kind of, you know, got my musical prowess, if you will.
0: Now, Rick, when were they on Capitol?
4: Uh, let's see. I guess that would have been about sixty-seven, sixty-eight, sixty-nine, 68, 69, in that area, and right in that era. It was a, it was a real short-lived. They were with Central Song. Okay. The division of... It was uh, Clippy Stone and... And Ken Craig and or Ken, uh, not Craig and, uh Ken, my uh, uh, his name's so i right now, but I'll of it. Anyways, that that was in that era um, when they were signed, and uh, they, you know, that was the era of Buck Owens and Merle and Red Simpson, and sure. the, the guys from Bakersfield. That didn't, really didn't Buck Owens
2: didn't he Didn't he own a radio station in Bakersfield? <clears throat>
4: Yeah, still, still, he's deceased, of course, but he still does. K-U-Z-Z um, is, and then he, he, he owns several radio stations, but he oh, was okay. best known for K-N-I-X in Phoenix and uh, K-U-Z-Z out of Bakersfield. Yeah, oh, sure. And, and Buck was a great friend. He was, he was a really good friend, and uh, um, I miss him. You know, he was yeah. a good guy.
0: That's what I understand.
4: Good to me, for sure. That's what I yeah. understand, that yeah.
0: situation. The only reason I asked you that, Rick, was that from 1975 till 1982, I was a I was head of promotion in the central part of the United States for Capitol Records. So, but I missed your dad by oh, about wow. two years. Two years, yeah, yeah. I
4: mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, but well, he. Uh, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say there was a lot to do because back I mean back then Capitol owned it, man. They had everybody from Steve Miller to the Knack to Bob Seger to you get on the list, man. We were busy. I will yeah, tell were,
4: you that. Yeah, they were. They were definitely uh, the trendsetter back then. Man, it was uh, it was really uh, amazing uh, to you know know that era and read history on it and stuff. It just really was. I mean, that's and that's really why Bakersfield, the Bakersfield sound, mm-hmm. uh, kind of took off, is because they, you know capital was signing country music artists out here on the west coast and they and they had distribution and they had all that stuff that you needed that you know you needed as a record label or to be with the record label
0: oh yeah no question about I tell Alty you talks. that was one of my favorite parts of that whole deal guy the guy vice president of promotion there was a guy named Bruce Wendell from Philadelphia Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and you want to talk mm-hmm. about a new Nothing about country music. It was it was, it was it was. What are you guys talking about? It's like this music. I never heard this music. the whole. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. What what the hell? So I mean, so Rick, where can people find the Johnny Rogers Project or Johnny Rodriguez Project? Excuse me.
4: Well, I, I will tell you that um, we haven't released yet. Um, we are oh, okay. going to. Um, we are going to announce that date uh, very, very soon. Um, with COVID, we were backed up like you can imagine with releases manufacturing. And this is a special, uh, kind of project. It's not just a release of music. This is a, it's a box set. That's going to be much more than just a CD. We, we have, um, it has a, a CD in it, a DVD in it and a book in it. And, um, so we went around and interviewed, Lots of people that Johnny has worked with over the years through his career, which is everybody. And um, so we've got these great interviews, sort of a mini documentary type thing with the booklet. So it's taken a little bit longer than we would have wanted it to, but um, it's it's going to be well worth the wait.
0: Do you know about when you'll release it? it it's It's going to be this summer.
4: Uh, in, in this summer, probably July or August, but but it'll be around that time.
0: we we'll would have to get you back on the show and talk about it. when you release. I'd love to have you back and talk about it more because...
4: Oh, man, I'd, I'd love
0: to. No, Rick, I, I'm fascinated with the whole thing and being involved because I've been in radio for 51 years except for the six, seven years I spent at Capital. So I've been around the business my whole life and I just absolutely love it. So things like what you're doing, we're talking to Rick Reno-Stevens about the Johnny Rodriguez Project. Um... I just love talking about the business because you know people in, in gen- and I don't think the average person understands, like the guy the first time, they- well, Doug, you know this, first time when somebody picks up a Stratocaster, they think, well, I got it made. It's a very, yeah. very tough business, man, and people don't realize how tough it is.
3: The good thing about the music business is that the pay is essentially the same for 95% of the people Zero. as it was in 1968.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's very, What's the musician equivalent of fact. scale?
1: <laughs> Zero. That That's is what,
4: an absolute fact right there, guys. For it sure. is. Yeah.
0: No, I, I, one thing yeah. is, Rick, isn't it great, though, that you're, you spend your life surrounded by great music? That's wonderful.
4: Oh yeah, man! I I I really um, have been blessed in that in that area for sure. I mean, I've you know I'm from Bakersfield, California, uh, where not not one but two iconic figures in the in the country music who were trendsetters, leaders in the business, hitmakers, Merle Haggard and Buck Owens, oh, God. and as well as all you know and all those that paved the way before. You know that there was uh Billy Mines, Buddy Mines, Red Simpson and so many more that I, I, I know there's so many that I should mention. Bill Woods. And these guys were, were real trendsetters of the business um that pay, that literally paved the road for guys to make it. Um and then, you know, of course there we had all that great music from Merle and Buck and ever since then everybody's tried to play guitar like Don Rich or, you know, or sing like Merle Haggard. <laughs>
0: God, isn't that amazing?
4: Oh, it, it's been—it's
0: been amazing, really. Rick, do you uh, um, did you ever did you spend time around uh, around Buck Owens? And because I do believe that a friend of mine, Joe McFadden's father, was Buck Owens' manager, if I remember correctly. Yes,
4: Jack Jack McFadden. Yeah, Jack yeah. McFadden.
0: Joe, I yeah. worked. Well, Joe mm-hmm. worked at Capitol Records. He was a branch manager. Uh, I worked with. Great family, Jack. Yeah. Jack's a great guy. Joe McFadden, you couldn't find a nicer guy. It's so great to, to to talk to someone who knows all these people, uh, that, like, <laughs> all the people we have in common. But yeah, the, the McFaddens—they were unbelievable.
4: Yeah. And, and then there was there was the Brumleys. Um, yeah. Which um, the Brumley, Tom Brumley played still guitar for Buck for many years. Then he went on to, with Ricky, uh, Ricky Nelson, and then he went on with the desert or no, excuse me, uh, Ricky Nelson. I forget where he went to, but they played on lots of stuff. And then his brother, Jackson Brumley, uh, was also in the music industry and he managed it. He did a lot of dates for Buck and Merle and a lot of people. And then their father, Al Brumley, uh, was the songwriter uh, amazing songwriter of all the gospel hit tunes, like I'll fly away, turn your radio oh, on sure, yeah. two in the morning. And so there's, there's this great, um, uh, there's this, uh, uh, you know, history that we have here in, in, in our city, in Bakersfield, of all these people, you
0: know. It is a great thing. Now, Rick, we got it. Like I said, as soon as you release it, you got to come back. We got to schmooze again. We'll, we'll talk about a bunch of other yeah. people we know in common.
4: Let's do that, man, for sure.
0: We will get it done. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, guys. Have a great Bye-bye. day. Later. See, I do love talking to guys oh. in the in music industry about, I mean, Jack McFadden was Buck Owens' manager forever, and yeah. I didn't mention one part of it because Rick was on the phone, but I do remember that uh, Joe McFadden, his son, was a very big, strong guy. Matter of fact, very quick Jack McFadden, uh, Joe McFadden story. <clears throat> he was a branch manager. I was the head of promotion, so we spent a lot of time together. One time, we're going to go see, matter of fact, Ricky Nelson. He was talking about Ricky Nelson. We're going to go see Ricky Nelson over at the old Guthrie, the old Mm -hmm. one over there. Oh, yeah,
2: I remember that, yeah. Yeah,
0: the old one over there. I
2: mean, I remember when he was there, yeah.
0: Yep. So (laughs) Joe's driving. We pull in. It's a beautiful, sunny summer night, (laughs) just gorgeous. And as we pull in, you go from bright sun to darkness inside the parking garage. Mm -hmm. So you can't see a damn thing and Joe pulls into an open spot well it turns out that that spot was handicapped but he couldn't see the sign because he was Mm. you know had that dark lightness darkness blindness and (laughs) this woman uh, she was probably oh I'd say seven eight months away from the last bath she took and not a small person if you know what I'm saying I'm
2: about seven or eight minutes away seven or eight minutes yeah Yeah,
0: minutes months what the hell's the difference yeah so all of a sudden, we haven't even gotten out of the car yet, and we hear this, you stupid bastard, what are <laughs> you doing, you moron? And she's just calling him a bastard, and you idiot, and you moron. And so she's just, he gets out, and he's looking at her, and she's just railing on him. I mean, she just will not stop calling him names, and you're an idiot, Look stupid, can't you see there's a no, no parking, blah, 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 blah. And she finally shuts up, and he goes thanks beautiful <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I thought it was great uh, I did I I'm, I'm still wonderful.
2: intoxicated by just hearing the names of all these great country people because you know I I kind of this was my scene I I I split my time when I was a teenager maybe 17 or so yeah I split my time between between country music and uh, and KUXL uh, soul oh absolutely.
0: And, absolutely and and
2: there really was more in con- they, those two genres had more in common than most people think but I remember Johnny Rodriguez uh, his yeah. first hit was thumbing my way to Mexico thumbing my way to Mexico. remember that one God and of course Tanya Tucker uh you know I mentioned this to you before the show I I saw her in St Cloud she was I don't know she might have been 14 15 God. And, yeah, that's about right. And I, I was a cub reporter at the Minneapolis Tribune, and oh. I convinced my editors who didn't know, you know they didn't know who she was, of course. I, I convinced them that she was a, a big thing, and let me go, let me go uh, uh, to see the concert. That's all I really wanted to do, but also I would, I would do a review. And times have changed. Oh yes. <laughs> and you know, Tanya Tucker. I mean, at fourteen or fifteen, I think that's about the time when she was. Uh, she had a relationship with Glenn Campbell.
0: <clears> yes, yeah, she did.
2: <clears throat> yeah. And uh, and I wrote I went in the review, I you I mean you couldn't write this you couldn't have written this twenty years ago, let alone then. But I wrote that there were all these all these men, grown men, older men, in the audience, and I said they could have been arrested for statutory leering.
0: <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, you could You could not that. write Absolutely. that today. Uh no. no. Well, Something I was going to do that I'm kind of glad I didn't do because, you know, Rick Stevens is talking about his father in the business and this and the, I was hoping his father was Ray Stevens, you know. Yeah. Say, so did how many copies of Ahab the Arab? <laughs> <laughs> Ahab the Arab was his biggest
2: yeah. hit, I think. Well, and the streak. No, the streak was huge. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: a big hit. The streak was huge, that's true, but...
3: It's
2: not up there coming my my way to Mexico, but... No,
0: I understand. I
3: think he also wrote I'm My Own Grandpa, didn't he? I think so. What? I don't remember that. Oh, it's it's a... very weird song. It's a novelty tune, like I remember everything, yeah, that. Yeah, my did.
1: aunt, my sister, yeah. the same person. Et cetera, so he et cetera, goes cetera. through this
3: whole genealogical yeah, thing, and I'm—he he turns out he's his own grandfather. Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. <laughs> so this was basically a play on incest. Uh, kind of uh, yes,
0: kind of yes, exactly. But it's, right.
3: it's actually quite clever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can listen to it once
0: way. We have to take a break, but I just saw, and it's too bad. I obviously haven't seen him in years, but course, worked with Carol Channing a lot back in the day. Robert Morris has died.
2: Yeah, I saw that.
0: God, he was just—he, I don't care how old he got, he
2: still looked like he was about he, 15 he years old. He had that kind of chipmunk face. You know? <laughs> he did have the chipmunk And you're face. right, he—he he was 80 and he looked like he was 18. Yeah, he just died apparently. Broadway star and of course, uh well, he was on Mad Men.
0: Yeah, he was on Mad Men. That's yeah. exactly right. I mean, that's—that's
2: that's how people would connect with him, maybe you know, more recently. Burt Cooper, right? Bert Cooper, that's Bert right, Cooper. yes. Great actor.
0: He was. I, I always enjoyed his work, and he loved working with Carol Channing, man. I tell you that. That's a fact. But we do have to take a break, be right back. We'll schmooze. And then who's your special guest for Car Selling Secrets?
3: There, it's just the boys today. Where's what? your wife, by the way? I need to get that Honda.
0: She said she's be here at 11.30, and it's 11.50, which is Catherine time. Okay. Let's not forget she's... A, why you don't have to leave for another hour and a half? What's the problem? No, it's fine. <laughs> what do you got to get it? Do You got to get it out of here.
3: I do. I got to get it. I, I just get a lot going. It's okay. It'll be fine as long as she's coming.
0: Well, she'll be here before you leave. Okay. Or do you have to get it there? No, 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 at no. Half that's time? fine.
3: As long as she's here before the show's over. That's fine. Well, you
0: know what? Fine. If she's not, I'm going to make her walk home.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That'll walk. show her.
0: I told everybody that that story, on it. <laughs> Catherine has a new deal, and it's hilarious. When I talk to her, if she doesn't want to hear what I'm saying, she will pretend she can't hear me. Like I'm mm. talking far away that you are.
2: It's taken this long in the marriage? No, it's— That it's, was like my honeymoon.
0: It's way over the top, though, is the problem. <laughs> it's not even a what. She just ignores me. It's like—I <laughs> just yap away. And then she... All right, we do have to take a break. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes with the family. Dan Chesky's here from Dan Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer
3: temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for
0: this year, Dan?
3: My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dan Southside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store.
0: Alumacraft fishing boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com.
2: Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company.
3: And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. Brad, partner.
2: As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational family owned businesses.
3: And we're back with Tom and Catherine fight on the phone
0: <laughs> over you. I that's, know. The great right. Catherine and I are fighting over a dog. <laughs> that's great. <laughs>
3: Welcome to my world.
0: My wife, I was just talking to the guys that she pretends she can't hear me when she doesn't even want to hear me. So we started at 11, and then she said, well, I can't be there until, until like 11.30. I said, yeah, 11.30 be fine. She called me and goes, so you still want me there by 1.30? I'm like, <laughs> what? Oh, boy. But she's she's coming. she's coming over. She said, She'll be here long before 1, she said. Perfect. I guess we'll see. So what's in the news that, uh, that you guys are enjoying? Anything?
2: there's not much to enjoy
0: everybody's nuts aren't they it just although i will tell you we had a young man who was born in vietnam his family left vietnam they ended up in america and he's uh he's uh, acting in movies now his name is key Mm k-e the first thing he did and i didn't ask him i didn't I, i had never talked to him before or whatever He went on and said, I really, really wish the people of America would understand what a great place they live in. I I, I am really offended by the fact that Americans berate America constantly. You don't like it here, you're going to wish you lived there if you move somewhere else. (laughs) That's
2: basically
1: what he said. Yeah, here Vietnam's not a great place to live. Oh, can you imagine (laughs) living in Vietnam? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Mm. Woo! Maybe a little better than it was, say, better in the now 60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, the lack of napalm helps. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no napalm getting in your cousin's jeans. Well, that would be the Agent Orange.
0: Well people, oh, that'd be Agent Orange. People are happy.
2: being told all the time, you know, what a, what a horrible place this is. They know? are, yeah, you're right. And And people, eventually people will believe it.
1: Well, yeah, they're believing it now.
2: Yeah, that's what ways. I'm saying. Yeah, that's
1: what you're told from birth. That's what you're going to believe.
0: But I tell you, honest to God, and I'm not kidding you. It's it's just, it's just gotten really, really hideous. Some of the things these people are just that nothing can make them happy. Nothing, mm-hmm. and I just don't understand. Why do you want to be that miserable?
2: Well, you know, I mean, democracy, of course, isn't helping. So we should try something else, because this is a shithole. So let's just scrap democracy <laughs> exactly. and go with an autocracy.
0: And that's exactly it, isn't it?
2: That's pretty much it. I mean, we just,
0: oh, it's a horrible place. But, well, I, you know, I, I'd like to visit Portugal someday, but that's about it for me. Yeah. I, uh, whatever. I mean,
2: I'm I'm not going to, like, go, down to the, go downtown and at uh, at two a m on a no. Saturday, no, but other than that, uh, I feel pretty good about about what's going on. I mean, compared to of course, what it could be. yeah, we yeah. got a lot of work to do. yeah, we do.
3: I did something kind of fun Saturday that has a Minneapolis uh connection, so we our house in Rosemont is it's just ginormous, and it had this it was kind of a cafe setup up that I had a recording studio uh, in. And we moved that into another room, so we just had this bar sink and a counter, and he said, you know, why don't we make it into a bar? That'd be kind of fun. So we put in bar counters and stuff, and I thought, you know what would be kind of cool would be to take a bunch of black and white photos of iconic Minneapolis bars, and we'll put the outside black and white pictures and then take color pictures of the inside of bars. So I took my camera, drove around Saturday, and I went to Matt's. I went to the Schooner Tavern. I went to... Up and down Washington Avenue, Runyons, Whiskey Junction, the nineties, Bar Lucrat, uh, Liquor Lyles, all the sort of stuff. And it was it was kinda of fun to go back into town. And if you remember, Saturday was one of the few not shitty days in the right. month of April right. in the Twin Cities. It was the day you came back. Right. It was kinda of, it was, and I posted all these pictures on Facebook, and man, everybody's like, "Ah, what a great idea! How fun is that?" And I and they started telling bar stories of the heydays of Minneapolis. I, I didn't realize that the Whiskey Junction was closed. Uh, it's just oh, covered right. with, just, gra- yeah. with graffiti. Although the joint and the caboose are open, um, I took pictures of Palmer's, and it was it was just it was kind of a fun exercise.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah. That's You know, you just named so many PA plays. I used to love to hang out at all those places back in the day.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, on was... the West Bank, you know, uh, when I was in college, we'd, we'd go over the Triangle. Oh, yeah. Like every oh, yeah. Friday. Sure. And if you were lucky, and actually didn't have to be lucky, because usually uh, Willie and the Bees were playing. Yeah, And uh And, you know, I mean, what could be better? Willie and the Bees, the Triangle, the Grain Belt on tap? I spent about
3: every Wednesday
2: for... From eighty-five to probably
3: ninety at the five corners, watching the hoop snakes play on oh, Tuesday. Oh, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were, that was just uh, so much fun. Wasn't
0: that fun? the triangle over there is that still open?
3: I don't think it's a bar. The building's still there.
0: Uh, it's because it's that pointy yeah. brick building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that tri- because yeah. yeah, it was a triangle. Mm-hmm. The building was a triangle. That's why it's called. That it was a great place. place. Yeah, it was
3: the
2: four hundred bar is now a, that's a, a mosque. Yeah, right, right. It's a so mosque. it didn't change much. No, no. Same no, we used to hang out at the 400 more than any other place, you know, uh, because yeah. the 400 was it was sort of a counterculture bar, you know. Yep. It was uh, today you uh, you wouldn't really want to go in there because you know you you wouldn't have an inch of space between you and the next person. Yeah. But uh, but they, and they always had the best the best pinball machines.
0: I loved pinball back oh. in the day. Didn't you love playing pinball when you were a
2: kid? I loved pinball. I still do. Do you really still I, play? It. I, God. You know, I went to university high school. Sure. And so I had to take the bus uh, downtown and back, and I always transferred downtown. Well, like, Where, where did you live? Well, uh, it, in the beginning, when I was in seventh grade, I was living on Creighton Avenue. Oh, okay but, okay. but my family moved to West Minneapolis and and so i'd i'd uh, like you know i there was no way i wanted to be home <laughs> if you'd right, right, known about right. where i was living and what the scene was like you didn't want to be there and so you know i didn't want to get home at four o'clock so i went downtown and i would spend like two hours at rifle sport and playland oh, this God, is so
3: amazing mike it. because i went to marshall U, It was known when i right. went there
2: yeah
4: um
3: and we lived on Franklin and Penn Avenue, right at the right across the street from Kenwood Park. Sure. And I took that. I still remember. Was it the 6A, and then you had to transfer? Yeah, the 16A. 16A. That's right. Yeah. To go to high school. Yeah. We were, I was just five years behind you on the same route.
2: Yeah. And yeah. and the great thing was, uh, when I was 15 or 16, the the bus, uh, the bus going home, if I timed it right, would if i wanted to go home a little earlier would stop at saint margaret's
0: oh yeah oh and, yeah
2: and you know i have to say you know those catholic girls in the white socks <laughs> and the plaid skirts
0: so are you on golden valley or on, uh, on uh, the on uh, the theater worth parkway
2: the- theater worth yeah sure yeah,
0: yeah. right that right, that was the corner right there baby yeah
2: and i mean i just always wanted to scream to the <laughs> bus driver Don't go.
3: Don't
0: go. Don't go. There's something wrong
3: with your
2: tire.
0: (laughs) You know, honestly, God, you just gave me this great memory. I haven't thought about this in 50 years, probably. But back in the day, when I was a teenager, to get into Playland, you had to prove you were 18 years old. Really?
2: Yep. I did not know that.
0: Playland, if you weren't 18, you couldn't play the video game. Or not video, they weren't video games. No. were. Uh, what the hell were that? What what do you even call those games? I guess.
2: Well, they they had. I mean, of course, it was back in the days when pinball machines were mechanical.
0: Yeah, they were mechanical.
2: Yeah, yep. and and, and that was a great thing. You know, they're, they're it's it's trendy now. There there are places that have like you know hundreds of pinball machines.
0: Dave and Buster's yeah too. Uh, yeah, that's hear, right. Man. Yeah, yep.
2: and and the uh, and the attraction for people who have lived through the era of mechanical machines is is the mechanical pinball machines which are completely different you can do things with them you can't do with the digital ones and you need like 1200 to get a free game not not 12 billion yes and and the the, you know the, the ball isn't going 80 miles an hour so you can actually do things like freeze the ball on the flipper but yeah but you can take one look At the pinball machines and the way you know if they're genuine mechanical machines is there'll be a sign on them that says out of order yeah (laughs) yeah
0: well you got that right so we
3: were talking about las vegas on the drive over here and if you if you're forced to go again Oh, the Pinball Museum. (laughs) Yeah, it's fabulous.
2: I would want to go to Las Vegas just to see the pinball. It's like the Pinball Hall of Fame, right? My
3: stepson, when he was 15, became infatuated with pinball. This kid kid was born in 1997, but really
1: 1957.
3: Mm -hmm. And he found it, and so I said, let's go. And it it was an old converted grocery store, and there must have been... Two hundred old machines in there. Oh, some God. of them back to the twenties. Oh, I mean, there's wow. some really
2: collectible A stuff. Like bagatelle yeah.
3: Um, old hippie couple runs it. She takes the tickets really? and he's got the thick glasses and the so repair belt and he's always fixing it. Oh this is this is like God. Valhalla to pinball fans. Yeah, and I got go. mad because they're getting go. older go, and they're starting to sell some of these machines off yeah. that are worth like, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars a oh, piece.
0: Yeah. And I
3: talked to the guy, I said this is a really cool. I said, "You know what you ought to do?" take like 3 or 4 machines out of the corner and sell merch and he goes what's that and i said well have somebody make merch. you t-shirts yeah. that say yeah. pinball oh, world oh what i Ball love that thing. yeah you can buy them for 5 bucks sell them for 20 he goes that's a pretty good idea
0: good plan
2: <laughs> i got to check that out you know it was really for for a 16 year old kid the it, pinball machines tr- basically transported me to another world oh yeah i loved it and yeah. i and i know there are things today that will do the same thing but you got it you got to think about it. okay ocd perfect right mm-hmm. clinical depression yeah you got it Not adhd ideal it was like i just wanted to live there no i understand absolutely look
3: i spent many free periods at marshall you remember valley pizza well of course you could get in you could get in there and buy beer when you were as long as you were over like five six they didn't care (laughs) and and
2: there was and (laughs) one slice of pizza had enough had enough grease on it to lubricate a car
3: that's right but if you went in the basement they had a little three two bar down there just filled with pinball and air Mm -hmm. hockey machines and that's yeah that was the reason i was a b student i think
2: (laughs) i understand Uh, i
0: I tell you honestly got this oh i had mentioned playland the fact that you had to be 18 to play the games there Mm -hmm. You know, Andy, here's one for you, because these two fellows would understand this. What did I have to show them to prove that I was 18 years old? Because I didn't have a driver's license. Remember, I didn't start driving until I was 21.
3: Mm-hmm. So what did
0: I have to show them to prove I was 18, Andy? I know. Draft card? You got jam, it. Yeah. My draft card. I had to show my draft card. And then the other thing, what did you guys call it when you're either your right hand would jam the machine or your left hand would jam right. the machine? What did you guys call it? doing that well,
2: it was it was gunching gunching,
0: gunching. very good yeah. man you remembered gunching oh
2: sure i gunched with the best i
0: love the
1: gunch. more formally <laughs> it's called tilting tilting well, well that's it's that's gul- if
2: you gunch too hard yeah yeah
1: <laughs> if you well the too uh newer as in like you know probably post 60s or something they have the tilt sensor
2: but i think the, they old, all the, do the
1: old old ones didn't have tilt
2: sensors because oh, really? they didn't really
1: think about it no i suppose
2: some of them you could you could uh you know you could beat them like a rented mule <laughs> exactly and some of them you just basically touch them too and, soon mike too soon yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah <there> you <laughs> so, well I, you know i i did the best i could to work around that Indeed. one Indeed. and you know um i remember that with the draft cards because um i didn't want to go to vietnam No, I understand. Um, call me crazy i did call not want to be crazy you and i was 1a and, yeah, me too. And I was sitting in, in uh, David Colacci's basement. We were listening to some Hendrix. We were, you know, we were eighteen at the no, we were actually a little older at the time. We were about twenty at the time when yeah. when they had the lottery.
0: Yes, I was in the lottery.
2: Yeah, yeah. And of course, the higher number you got, the better off you were. So yes. you know, we were there listening, and some guys were pissing and moaning, and others were celebrating. And uh, my number came up. It was three fifty six. Really, I took out my draft card, rolled a joint with it, and we smoked my draft card. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my number was
0: twenty-seven. Oh, that's not good. No. Twenty-seven. I never had to go though. Oh, I guess it, it worked out. <laughs> well, it did work well, I'm out. I'm trying because... to
3: remember because didn't they have? Wasn't it like a big cage with balls that they would?
2: whole numbers like the out. No, it's
3: bingo, I, I don't remember because well, I think it was I think it was the same thing
2: but we were listening on the radio so yeah I, so yeah. I don't think there was TV live coverage at the I time think I
3: think well yeah
2: well I mean at the time sweet. they
1: probably wouldn't have computerized it because generating true randomness with a computer is actually very difficult yeah especially back then because that would have been uh mostly analog computers I would think
2: oh yeah yeah so, that was a long time you ago. really
1: can't generate randomness with an analog computer very well I love that memory
4: Mm.
0: The sergeant at the draft center in the federal building downtown Minneapolis, H A H A I G H T Sergeant. But my favorite that day was when I took the I, I took the physical and I failed because I had a huge hernia from lifting weights. Mm. So I didn't that's why I never went to Vietnam. I was drafted into the Marine Corps by the way. Oh, so I nice. would have gone to Vietnam. No doubt, but I'm standing there, and there's this gigantic black kid in front of me. This guy was like 6'4, probably about 240, just put together, right? Well, it's time for the for the anal exam, right? Why would they need to do that? Oh, they had they looked up everybody's butt. Mm. I suppose I don't know. Really? What, uh, I oh, have no idea. About. Just in case. Oh yeah, I absolutely. But my favorite thing about the guy in front of me, and again, he was a huge fella, right? Mm. Very muscular. And so they do the exam on him, and I'm next. And just before he leaves, the doctor says to him, you know, I, I should warn you that it's not really healthy because uh, i got to be honest with you. The What is that?
3: That's him drawing numbers out of a bucket. Oh, yeah, close. there you go. Yeah. There you have it right there, well, drawing numbers. It like.
2: I've never seen exactly that before. Like that. Yeah. So the doctor like says said, to the yeah.
0: gigantic guy after doing the anal check, he goes, you know, just I'm trying to help you along with this, but... Uh, It's rather dirty up there, (laughs) and the guy looks at him and goes, "Do you think you can find up there ice cream?" (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was one. I was, and I literally got in a lot of trouble because there were five segments to the test, Mm -hmm. the draft test that you had to take. There were five different things. There was like math. There was you know English. There was all these different things. And I aced four out of the five and I failed miserably at the fifth one, and the fifth one was mechanics. Mm. Ah. And the guy thought I did so poor and I did but he thought I did so poorly that I cheated to try to get out of the draft. <laughs>
2: well, you know, it was always it was always said at the time that you had to be a genius to fail the intelligence test. Because yeah. you had oh, to yeah. know all the answers so you could you could say the opposite. Yeah. One.
0: That's true. <laughs> That's exactly right. But I, yeah, I nailed four out of five, but that fifth one I failed miserably. I think really.
2: I would have failed that because, as far as I know, I was the only person in the history of university high school who failed shop.
0: Oh, yeah. I was right there with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that shop the was not good.
2: <laughs> and, oh, then I, and then I, so then I turned to home economics.
0: Would you make a cake
2: uh well the thing i remember best first of all there were 19 girls and me in there Aww. and they didn't like me there they did not they didn't think what? It was, no they didn't like having me there and the teacher didn't like having me there she oh, was somewhat God. resentful Come i on. liked having me there yeah, oh yeah i yeah. would imagine you know i was 14. the thing i remember best is is when we we made uh we made a quick quick and tasty pizza it was uh a refrigerate pillsbury refrigerated roll with ketchup and Velveeta cheese. Oh, oh, and this is um, University High School. We're quickly, supposed to be on yes. the cutting edge. I don't know about the tasty part. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know about it either. At least it was Heinz, though. Oh, oh, it was Heinz ketchup. Yeah, yeah wasn't
1: that crappy stuff?
2: No, not that uh, stuff. That uh, mm-hmm. like Del Monte. Ma- if you if you went yeah. into a restaurant, well, Del Monte, and you know. they had Del Monte, you just got it and left. No, I
0: understand. It's too sweet.
2: No, it just wasn't the real deal. It
0: was very, very. I mean, you're right. It was kind of liquidy and real sweet mm-hmm. instead of having mm-hmm. some substance to it. I've never been a ketchup fan though. I we, get, we
1: get we get uh, a sugar free ketchup. Oh well, yeah, I, oh I yeah. not Stomach normal ketchup No, it's, it is. it's way, way too, too sweet Yeah, it is it's Way over It's So like take a tomato And cover it in molasses And there you go Ketchup
0: God, all of those things In our youth How <laughs> wonderful is that How wonderful what, it is like To the be the Vietnam young.
3: War? No, the
0: fact that We didn't have to go To the Vietnam War <laughs> yeah, There you go Well, I lost five friends In the Vietnam War Five oh, kids yeah. I went to school with Or lived in my neighborhood Were killed in Vietnam um, Yeah First one They bring him back And you could see The blood still
1: in his head When he Jeez. took oh, a bullet Right in the forehead
2: Oh, man it was like hey.
1: well, If you had to pick a war to skip, I'd say probably World War One and then Vietnam world war one was oh, pretty bad I thought, though. yeah it was not a that bloody. I was around for it but you know every I think story. the
3: civil war, I, any war before they like had anesthesia that's true it, civil war was bad
1: <laughs> was it seven hundred fifty thousand people or
3: something yeah <laughs> was no, like, it, was, it, it was proportionally
1: awful. it was the deadliest war in American history it was, yeah. Yeah. by quite a bit
2: yeah well because you know it, it you, you didn't survive anything no no you didn't yeah no.
1: that's no. the bacteria you're dead so I just, Fun time I, to live.
2: We had this, that discussion one day about whether Lincoln today would have survived.
0: Oh, because it was from the gunshot? Yeah, it Bullets was an, in an the interesting, brain, I,
2: interesting yes. discussion. And, you know, we kind of went back and forth. And, of course, I went online afterwards, and there were, there were like, detailed essays on, on the same question. Huh. And even the great experts... Couldn't agree whether you would survive it today or not. Oh, they could. Okay. Basically, I think the consensus was you'd probably survive, but you'd be brain dead.
1: Which is probably so worse than a, dying, yeah, it's not so. good. It's worse than dying.
2: Johnny, get your gun. That kind of thing.
1: Oh yeah, oh absolutely. The
0: um, I just saw a couple of days ago the final words that Abraham Lincoln spoke. Do you know those? I don't think I had so. No idea the final words, and I had never seen it before. This
3: play sucks. Yeah.
0: this play. <laughs> You know, I liked uh, the other one much better. No, he, apparently he leaned over to kiss his wife, mm. and she said, oh, I don't know if you should kiss me in public like, like this. And he said, please, dear, the only one who cares that I'm kissing you is me. And then he got shot right in the head. Whoa. How cool is that?
2: You know, it's funny, because I would have to be shot in the head to say... No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go there.
1: <laughs> well, he thought see. it was West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. They've yeah. actually got the autopsy report, so you can tell exactly what happened. Okay. Uh, went in through the occipital bone, which is the back of the head, Ooh. about one inch left of the median line. Ooh. Um, passed through the left posterior lobe of the cerebrum, Not entered good. the left lateral ventricle. So he was done no matter what happened. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, it wouldn't have been... Wouldn't have been pretty. Yeah. You wouldn't hey, want to survive that wound, I would say.
2: Did, yeah, did I ever tell you my dad's final words? No. Well, uh, my dad. Can I borrow a 20? He wasn't. He, no, that was my dad. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that was Those different. were my words to my dad. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's what Mike said to his dad. Uh, I, no, get your, I get your childhoods confused
1: because you're a little similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: there's agree. some similarities. No, he um, you know my dad he was he was really on the cutting edge of the whole you are what you eat thing. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. he he uh, his idea of dinner was a unseasoned piece of halibut, oh. possibly made in the microwave yeah. <laughs> and a, no and a baked really. potato. Oh my God, no, he there was no, yeah. my dad never had salt, pepper, butter, any of that in his house. None of it. No, really. And actually i I'm almost the same, but not quite. And you a little uh, flavor, do you? Uh well, For a different I, reason. I have pepper, yeah. Pepper. I don't have salt and I don't have butter, but right. I do have pepper. Right. Um, I always said to my dad there was no spice in his life at all, which was pretty Thank much you. true.
0: Thank you very much.
2: So so he um he he was in this this ward for people who were not likely to do well because his dementia you know was, was right mm-hmm. off the charts. Yeah. And he was dying. And um the the um the nurse brought him dinner and it was of course a typical dinner what you'd see in a, in a memory ward you know it was meatloaf lots of gravy mashed potatoes oh, lots of gravy oh, and maybe apple crisp right <laughs> and my dad she had he had not she, i talked to her about this and she told me he really hadn't spoken a complete sentence at all you know in the three days he'd been there And my dad looked at the food, looked up at her, and these are the final words as far as I know that my dad ever spoke. It was, I don't eat that shit. (laughs)
0: There you go. That'll do it. Yeah, you know those final words. My mother didn't die, but the final words she ever said to me were great.
2: Oh, yeah. I I sort of remember. What was it?
0: She was, I had to leave town for business, Mm -hmm. and she was at the... What a no, hospice care or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, she was right? in hospice. She was in hospice, and I held onto her hand. She was lying in bed, and I held onto her hand. Oh, by the way, I should mention, going into a room, a Jamaican man was, I don't know, what is that, an orderly, I guess is yeah. what it is. sure. He comes out, and he's laughing his ass off, just laughing. And I said, what's that all about? He goes, man, your mother is something else. And I said, why, what did she do now? He said, I was giving her a bath. And she looked over her shoulder at me and said, "You know, you're the first black guy that's ever seen my butt." <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> he thought that was hilarious, but yeah. But her final one. She was she was on the bed and she held her hand out. She couldn't sit up or anything. She had she was lying down, and I said, "Mom, I'm going to be gone for about a week, so I'm not going to see you for you know seven, eight days, something like that." And just I want to tell you, I love you and all the rest of it. And uh, she said, "I don't know, Tom. If I'm going to still be around when you get back in a week, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to make it that long." And I said, "Mom, you'll make it that long. But you know what? If you don't, don't worry about it. You you love the Virgin Mary and Jesus, and you know, you, when you die, you'll meet the Virgin Mary. You meet Jesus. It'll be it'll be a glorious and wonderful time." And she looked up at me and said, and I quote: Yeah, well, don't give me that." <laughs> 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 That's really nice. Say like, thanks, Mom.
3: BB King's favorite line: Everybody <laughs> wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Nobody
0: wants to die, baby. We got to take a break here. That first hour flew by. It did. That's called conversation, baby. Uh huh. Sure is. All right. Uh, car selling secrets is up next, Pally. You ready?
3: No, I'm never ready.
0: You're not ready. Okay. Well, I've learned.
3: I've, I've learned show prep from you.
0: <laughs> here we go. As usual, no show prep. We'll be back.